We're on? We're on. Alrighty, what is going on you guys to another episode? This is episode 9 of the OTC Outside the Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Garcia, and we got a very special one tonight. I'm sure you guys have all heard about the reviews on what's been going on with Deadpool and everything else that's occurring in the comic book news, in the comic book world and everything else, but, you know, like, with with, with everything going on with, uh, you know, graduation and me finishing finals and so on and so forth, I thought to myself, you know what, I just need a little bit of time, just give me a little bit of time for me to just get my thoughts together on this one, and I was very surprised because a lot of news dropped, and we're going to cover as much as we can today. Uh, for this format, um, for this time <clears throat> constricting, I thought to myself, you know what, maybe I should just shoot in for a 45 minutes to an hour podcast at least once weekly. This way, um, if any news or any uh, other shit that can, you know, go onto our radar or on Twitter feed or Facebook or whatever else, then it's easy for me to gather my thoughts all together and talk about it all at once instead of just picking and choosing twice a week. Not to mention, you know, with, with going for 30 minutes twice a week, I thought to myself, eh, I don't know if it's worth it. It's best if I just compressed all of my thoughts together in an hour. So I want to try it. I, I definitely want to try it starting tonight, starting right now. Uh, so for this episode of the podcast, it's going to be 45 minutes to an hour long. We got news coming up and the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of DC stuff, especially the things with going on with the Arrowverse, we're going to get into that a lot with... Um, the Comcast thing, we're also going to get into that, Alfred and Batwoman and so on and so forth, but of course, the main focus of this episode will be Deadpool 2, the spoilers of Deadpool 2, which I saw this past weekend, and I'm definitely going to see again this weekend with my homeboy, uh, my brother from another mother, Kid Skeeth himself, obviously that's not his real name, we don't real name real names around here, give me a break. But yeah, I'm definitely going to see Deadpool 2 again. But tonight, it's going to be spoiler-filled. If you don't want any spoilers, feel free to go see the movie and then come back and then listen to me just ramble on for about a good 30 to 45 minutes. I promise it will be worth your time. Actually, I can't promise anything. (laughs) Alright. This episode is brought to you by My Life. Whatever goes on in my life is what goes on. Simple as that. No sponsors. You know, just not trying to sell you guys anything. Not not trying to promote anything. Actually, I'm lying. Uh, not sponsored. If you guys uh, want to continue reading comic books and you guys can't find your local comic book store. And you have a uh, new iPhone or an Android or whichever. Uh, download the app Cosmictology or Co- Comics X Comics X Comicsology. Ooh, I'm I'm a terrible salesman. X Comics. Download it right now for free on your mobile device from Google Play or iTunes. 
Uh, I just started doing that, even though it's been out for a while. And I'm reading the Edge of Venomverse series, which I was able to pay for only $2.99 a comic. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, it's a better time to get as much comics as you want. Once again, X-Comics or Cosmictology. I say go with X-Comics first. And uh, once again, not sponsored. So, <laughs> should probably do an unsponsored thing from this point on. But anyway, let's dive into the news. Barely any fan questions going on tonight. Uh, I only have a couple. And just want to get them out of the way. Let's see. First things first. Uh... Garcia, what is your opinion on Jake Gyllenhaal being as Mysterio for Spider-Man Homecoming 2? Uh, this, is, this is actually an interesting one. I really don't have an opinion for Jake Gyllenhaal being, you know, this villain. I mean, the diehard Spider-Man fans, I'm sure, are not really chomping off at the bits to see Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Because for one thing, we're probably not going to see much of his face anyway. Um... I think rumors were that he was supposed to be uh, Batman in Matt Reeves' film. Obviously, those were rumors, and that is not the case since Ben Affleck wants to stay as the role. Um, but for Jake Gyllenhaal to be Mysterio, I don't really have much of an opinion on it. You know, we've been getting a lot of movies and films so far as two big-time actors uh, taking on roles within the MCU. Case in point, let's look at... Uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum, you know, let's look at, um, you know, countless people from uh, Donald Glover, for example, which uh, we'll also get into him later on. Michael Keaton, you know, is another one, or uh, I'm sure you can name uh, tons and tons. Brad Pitt, you know, slight spoilers for Deadpool 2. Brad Pitt also made a small cameo, so that's going to be very interesting to talk about. <laughs> But as far as Jake Gyllenhaal is concerned, you know, if he can pull it off, if he can be a great villain, then I'm all for it. Just on a side note, I wonder if this has anything to do with in reintroducing the Sinister Six for Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Because we already have confirmation that Michael Keaton is going to reprise his role. We already have Scorpion, and now we have Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, if the rumors, of course, are true. Um... I wonder who else is going to be a part of the, uh, vil you know, like the 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 villain ensemble for Spider-Man. Because we, to be honest, with the exception of Spider-Man Three, we've never seen Spider-Man in terms of Peter Parker actually been tested before in facing multiple people at once. I mean, you kind of saw that with Spider-Man Three with Sandman and Venom, but that didn't really. It was very short-lived, and then when Harry Osborn just came out of nowhere and made it to be on two-on-two, -on -two, we, really, we never really saw him be tested before. So, if the Sinister Six really are going to make their, you know, their uh, film debut, with the exception of The Amazing Spider-Man 3 that was canceled thanks to the backlash of Spider-Man 2, I'm sorry, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, don't want to get those two films uh, mistaken, it's going to be very interesting to see where uh, the MCU is going to go with them. Uh, and if they are going to indeed make a trilogy. Uh, 
I say if the money is there, the chances are that will happen. But in terms of anything else, I wouldn't really put past it. But yeah, Jigsaw Hall 2. Uh, Jigsaw Hall 2. Jigsaw Hall Spider-Man 2. You know what? I I, I don't I, I don't care much about it. Let's see. Uh, next question. Okay. Uh, this is from my good buddy, the Cheeseburger Factor. I don't know why he probably hates Twitter followers. I have I have I have no idea. Um, your thoughts on Alfred getting his own TV series, Pennyworth? Okay. Um, we've seen in countless times throughout movies that when it comes to a spinoff series, that doesn't really work. Let's look at Elektra from Daredevil. Elektra was horrible. And I'm talking about the Jennifer Gardner one from, I believe it was 2004, if I'm not mistaken. It was 2004, 2006. It was right around that ballpark. That movie was god-awful. And a lot of spinoffs that comes across, you know, you got the Minions from Despicable Me. Uh, you got, um, uh, just naming off the top of my head. You know, I think they were trying to do the Night. Uh, no, they were trying to do the Nightwing Batgirl spinoff series or spinoff from you know the success of Batman. Uh, they were trying to do you know all other spinoff series when it comes to like B-list actors, not B-list actors, but B-list B-list superheroes. So, uh, with Alfred getting his own series, it's definitely going to be a prequel. It's most likely going to be focused around him if it is true. Um, we don't know which Alfred they're going to use with. Their, I don't, we don't know if it's going to be with Gotham. We don't know if it's the Alfred from the DC Extended Universe. We really don't know which one is going to be. Um, or if it's going to be a new actor completely. If that's the case... Then, yeah, I don't mind seeing it in terms of him being in the army or any other type of service. Um, I don't know how diehard fans, like diehard Batman fans, are going to be all for it. I'd rather see a Deathstroke series. I'd rather see maybe someone else as a uh, getting a, a spotlight. But in terms of Alfred getting this series, you know, like... It sounds okay on paper. I don't know if the execution is going to be... Uh, I don't know if it's going to work. But put it that way. I really don't know if, if it's going to work. But at this point, this is pretty much uh, seeing... Just wait until we, uh, we see what happens. Also, is this going to be on the DC Universe uh, cable provider? Is this going to be on Fox? Is this going to be... You know, uh, how how are we going to introduce, who's going to be the provider for us to see this if it does come through, you know? Uh, are they going to do a pilot episode, and if it doesn't work out, are they just going to cancel it completely? You know, these are questions that it's always best to ask because us as fans, we really don't want to waste our time trying to get invested into a character if the show is not going to work. That's why, in many cases... A lot of 
when whenever you see a character that belongs to a particular group from a series, from a show, or from a movie, most of the time they're always best as being part of a group. It's one of the main reasons why the Incredible Hulk didn't work, and he's good with the Avengers. It's why Hawkeye didn't uh, didn't get his film yet because he's good as being in the Avengers. Uh, with Black Widow, definitely going to be a prequel story if they're going to follow through. With uh, Scarlett Johansson's movie. Um, it's not confirmed yet. If it's going to be like a flashback thing. Like they did with Wonder Woman. And like those details have not been confirmed yet. But. There are certain cases where it does work. And certain cases that it doesn't. I don't know if Alfred actually. Or the show Pennyworth to be exact. I don't know if that's going to be a part of it. Um, but as I said. We'll wait and see. Uh, what else we got? Let's see. What are your thoughts on Batwoman and Gotham joining the Arrowverse in the next DC merger? Uh, it's very interesting that the timing of this is coming around when Gotham is ending the fifth uh, season for Fox. Which means, how far is Gotham actually going to be part of the Arrowverse storyline? Is it going to be introduced in Arrow completely for the seventh season? Oh yeah, there is going to be a seventh season for Arrow. Talk about beating up a dead horse, holy shit. Um, I really don't have an opinion on this. Uh, first of all, for those of you who don't know who Batwoman is, Batwoman is basically another character... That you can read comments or some type of any other media coverage that we saw from the animated DC films. Batwoman is a lesbian superhero who's pretty much not really part of the family, but she pretty much does her own thing. Um, if Gotham and Batwoman is going to be part of Arrow, then they need to give her the entire spotlight. They need to give her, as well as Gotham, the spotlight, uh, you know, to be represented within the show. And if it's going to be the next DC merger, how is she going to be introduced? Is it going to be the same thing where Arrow or Green Arrow goes into Gotham? Is it going to be a DC Legends of Tomorrow thing where they all time travel again? Is it going to be a multiverse thing where everyone just gets combined into one? Like, how are they going to execute that? Um, what I do need to do is rewatch season six of Arrow to see what exactly, uh, like if there are any Easter eggs or if there are any clues for this to come about. Maybe some of you guys know way much more than I am and you can definitely let me know in the comments. Um, I'm interested to see how far they're going to go. Uh, it is going to be Batwoman's first real life action debut so that's something to look forward to it's definitely going to create more diversity because the last time when they did the uh no they did bitch a lot about lack of lgbtq within uh, avengers infinity war which i'm not surprised i'm sure feminists would complain about this as well there's always something to complain about because when it comes to these type of movies when it comes to these types of 
shows, you can't really please everyone. Like, you, you just can't. Someone is always going to bitch about something. Batwoman making her Arrowverse debut. Alright. Hashtag would watch. Hashtag would watch. That's enough for the questions, for the fan questions. As I said, we didn't really get much of them this past week. So I'm just going to read over other things that's going on in the news. In the news. <laughs> Let's see. News just in. Comcast confirms advanced preparations to outbid Disney for Fox. Okay. Um, if you guys remember in my past few episodes, I talked briefly about Comcast trying to take Fox away from Disney. And they want to ensure that they have their deal that can go on after the TV, that not the TV, the Time Warner AT&T deal is supposed to work. For those of you who don't know or don't really know anything about the stocks and companies, basically Comcast, that is the parent company for Universal Studios and NBC Universal, that pretty much owns, you know, NBC, TBS, CBS, MSNBC, those type of companies, those type of industries. They want to make a deal with Fox and take Fox away from Disney. Apparently, there's something that Fox has that Comcast desperately wants. If the merger is set, then their TV rights and their deals and the major companies that they have in association with NBC can pretty much skyrocket and their stock would go up. So it's pretty much a business move. Forgive me if I'm if I'm being too vague about it, but I really don't know too much about, you know, what goes on in the business industry. Um the holdup is with Time Warner and AT&T doing their deal, they have to wait for that deal to fall through, which may, which may get a, a the judge needs to basically approve it, which we'll find out on June twelfth. If the deal fails, Warner Brothers or Time Warner would have Warner Brothers have to sell off their characters and sell off their, um, their rights to other organizations that's willing to take them. So that's why they want this deal to go through, and it's one of the main reasons why Justice League had to uh, hurry their post-production and not take their time with their filmmaking. It's all a business-type strategy. Um, as of late last year... We all know that Disney and Fox, they approved the deal for $52.4 billion. Apparently, Comcast is willing to offer $60 billion, maybe more, to get Fox away from them. If Comcast and Fox actually joins together, then the, everything that goes on uh, that's under Fox, the 21st Century Fox, the Fox deals, the TV programming, the film rights, and... All of their entertainment that's under Fox pretty much stays with NBC and, and, and TBS and CBS and everything else. Their industry will probably be one of the biggest ever in pretty much ever. Like, let's just put it that way. 
here's what here's the thing that a lot of people don't under don't realize. Fox has the obligation to say no because they are an entertainment industry. It's why they set up with Disney in the first place. Not to mention Comcast tried to do it before and they said no. Comcast even tried to buy Disney at one point uh, and they said no because they don't think that a merger with them would be good for business. So if Fox says no and they believe that their deal with Disney actually goes through, that if that's best for business, then Comcast would have no choice but to stay with Time Warner if the deal gets approved by the judge. If it doesn't, Comcast loses up on a big opportunity, Time Warner would have to sell their shit, AT&T would have to go somewhere else and... It's it, it, it's going to be a huge clusterfuck. Whatever Fox has, Comcast wants desperately. And if they're willing to outbid... If, you know what? If, if, if I had to g- uh, give a prediction... They'll probably pay maybe close to $80 billion... In order for this deal to happen. And... That old term, money talks... Who knows what, uh, not Comcast, who knows what Fox is willing to do? Like, like, who knows? Who knows what they're willing to do? Um, what does that mean for us fans? If I'm, like, I'm doing all this jibber-jabber about business industries that I know nothing, the fuck do I know? I know nothing about it. What does it mean for us fans? We're probably, if, if Comcast takes Fox away from Disney... Probably not going to get Deadpool, probably not going to get X-Men, and we're probably not going to get the Fantastic Four with Disney like we all want. We're probably not going to get the merger of the TV rights deals. We're probably not going to get, um, you know, uh, the, the, the movie industry with crossovers. We're probably not going to get any of that, which diehard fans desperately want. And Fox knows this, which is why I think no matter how much Comcast is willing to dish out, Chances are, Fox may stay with Disney. But, we'll see what happens in the next few months. Because, money can always get anyone to change their minds. Moving on. Let's see, what else in the news? In the comic book news! Ooh, here's an interesting one. Warner Brothers wants their Green Lantern ring back from Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) oh man i can't help but laugh about this so oh man okay so we all know that ryan reynolds pretty much talks shit about how bad green lantern was i mean i've only saw parts of green lantern and even i can say be like dude what the hell were you thinking in every medium, in every form, in, in, in every interview, you can, you can YouTube it right now and Ryan Reynolds would talk shit about how bad Green Lantern was. In fact, if you remember Deadpool when he goes, and please don't make the super suit green, or animated, because he knew that movie sucked. It damn near killed his career. That's how bad it sucked. Like, it, it nearly killed his career. Every actor... Nearly every actor would have that one movie where it's like, 
yeah, um, no, we're, we're not going to do that. We're, we're, we're just not. And, you know, uh, with Deadpool 2 and uh, the, the post-credit scenes, which we'll get into later on, the post-credit scenes with Deadpool 2, I'm sure Warner Brothers was like, you know what, Ryan Reynolds, M- Mr. Reynolds, we're, we're going to need our Green Lantern ring back. And you know what? I think you should give it to him. If he still has it, of course. Who knows if he didn't throw it away. Or probably fed it to some... I, I don't know what the hell he did with it. Um, I think they should. Because they're going to reboot Green Lantern with the Green Lantern Corps. Which is supposed to be twenty uh, the 2020 film. That's supposed to take place after the Justice League films uh, are done. It's supposed to be another uh, continuation of the DC Extended Universe. Not to mention, Ryan Reynolds is at a position where he really doesn't need it anymore. And, on top of that, if they do go and do the green the green light, <laughs> no pun intended, if they give the green light with the um, uh, the recasting, which they will, with um, Jon Stewart, uh, the Black Green Lantern, who knows who it's going to be. It might be Donald Glover, it might be uh, Idris Alba or Ilba, Iba, Bla- uh, black dude from the movies. Um, could be Wesley Snipes. Could be Donald. Uh, Donald. Uh, Denzel Washington. Could be Will Smith. For all we know, you don't know. I mean, he was he was okay in Hancock. Sort of. I guess. Moving on. Um, it could be any one of them. So. You know, Ryan Reynolds, clearly he hates the movie. He's hated it since 2011. We've all hated it. By all means, give it back. S- uh, send them with a joke from uh, Deadpool. Maybe uh, make a tape about it. And please let us see it. Like, please videotape it so we can see it. Like, just do one more gag. Can, can you actually, for a brief moment, can you actually see Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? Just go on YouTube. He can just, you just go on YouTube and go, hello. You're probably wondering why I'm dressed up in my great red spandex again. This great red condom that you're all wanting to see after my new movie, Deadpool 2, that just came out last weekend. Well, apparently, Warner Brothers decided to contact me saying that they want their Green Lantern ring back. Here's what I say to them. You can gladly have it back. As long with the you kissing the biggest part of my ass. But don't worry, it's all sanitational. And as far as I'm concerned, you can all have your stuff back. Because we all know that that movie bombed. Just like I'm about to take another poop right now. I can definitely see... <laughs> I'm a terrible Deadpool. I can totally, I can totally see him doing something like that. And please, please, for the love of God, let us watch something like that. Let us watch. Just, just, just give us something. Oh man, just give us something. But that's gonna do it for uh, the fan questions and the news. If you have any other questions, you can tweet it to me at the MG Magnum on Twitter, or you can tag me at MG Magnum seven one five on Instagram. Uh, stuff always happens. News always breaks. Uh, you can ask anything you want, and I will give a big shout-out if you want a shout-out. If you don't, then I'm just going to pretty much ask any question that comes over from my personal friends or that comes out from my mind. 
This is Outside the Comics, and let's dive into Deadpool 2, once again, spoiler review. <laughs> it's been a long day. So, Deadpool 2, spoiler review. What did I think about it? Uh... Let's talk about what I liked and what I disliked. Few people have been asking me, is it better than Deadpool 1? See, as I saw it the first time, and I'm going to see it again this weekend, there were a few comparisons that I made with each movie. Deadpool 1 was something new because it introduced us it reintroduced us to the rated R comic book films, even though Blade has already done it back then in the early 90s. So, it was monumental, it was special, and it was something that we as comic book fans actually love to be a part of. Because, if, let's be honest, if it wasn't for Deadpool, there was no way Logan would have gotten lit for Rated R. In fact, Hugh Jackman took a huge pay cut for Logan to be Rated R. They originally tried to make it PG-13. Good God, I'm so glad they didn't go that route. Um. So, is it better... There are some aspects that there were better and some aspects that there weren't. And we'll dive into that right now. What I liked, Deadpool 2. More action, more comedy, more quip jokes. There was a lot more breaking in the fourth wall with this movie than there was with um, with the first one. Um... There was a lot more awareness that what goes on in the DC universe. There was a lot more awareness that was going on with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that the comic books, the comic book fans, and even entertainment fans pretty much all they pretty much they already know. See, with Ryan Reynolds in this movie, what he tried to do, he tried to be the he's like the fanboy mindset of we what we all think. Because there was a brief moment where, and these are, uh, I'm, I'm going to list a couple of my favorite jokes. There was a brief moment where Cable, played by Josh Brolin, where he asked them, who, or he asked them, who the hell are you? And for a brief moment, he goes, I'm Batman. And I thought that was brilliant in so many ways. Because that's telling us, the audience, that Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool is fully aware of what's going on outside the comic book world. It was brilliant, it was awesome, it was funny, it was random, and it worked. Um, another joke that was uh, my, my personal favorite was towards the end where Juggernaut, spoilers obviously, Juggernaut in the film. He's beating the crap out of everybody. He's beating the crap out of Deadpool. He's beating the crap out of, you know, um, Colossus, which was an awesome fight. And Deadpool goes, the sun is getting really low, big guy. And I'm like, oh my god, he just quoted Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> oh, he just quoted Thor Ragnarok. Oh, man, there were so many other jokes that went on. 
Uh, I thought the joke about uh, we will be known as X Force, and we're we're gonna dive more into what I disliked about that, but the comedy was on point, the action was on point. I thought Colossus versus uh, Juggernaut was pretty awesome. The fight scenes between Cable and Deadpool were really, 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 really cool. Especially in the uh, gigantic jail truck that they were driving in the vicinity in the icebox. That was pretty cool because Deadpool was getting his ass kicked. And it was the first time in a while, aside from the first movie, that we saw Deadpool actually be vulnerable. Because it's not... It's very, very rare that we see superheroes actually be stripped of their abilities. And he was getting his ass handed to him. Even when he got his powers back with that uh, power disruptor collar that he was wearing. Cable was beating the shit out of him. And even with the healing factor, Deadpool can only do so much. So, the action was on point. Excuse me, the comedy was on point. Everything was on point, and to me, it had a lot more of that than the first one did. So, kudos to the director that killed off Wolver- uh, the director to the from the studio that killed off Wolverine. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Um, Josh Brolin as Cable. Can we can we take this moment to? Thank Josh Brolin for being Thanos and Cable. Like, we need to do like a superhero award of the year. It it, it clearly goes off to Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin as the time-traveling Cable, the son of, you know, uh, Scott Summers. Not Jean Grey. It was a clone of Jean Grey. I forgot who the bitch's name was. It was a clone of Jean Grey. The son of them. And Cable as Josh Brolin. Cable as Josh Brolin. What the hell am I talking about? Reverse that. Scratch that. Really, really cool. The fight scenes were awesome. He was menacing as an anti-hero. And then he turned into a villain. His comedy was on point. Even though he wasn't being too funny. Which I can get a lot of fans where he's like. Oh, he's way too serious. Uh, he should be more like Deadpool. And, and, and I don't understand why why he was so, he had such a dark tone. Shut up. First of all. Think about this from another perspective. He's a time traveler that's trying to kill a kid. If he doesn't kill him or if he doesn't get him to change his ways, his future is gone. He lost his wife and daughter. He has a burnt teddy bear of his daughter's blood on the teddy bear that he carries around with him. Of course, he's not going to be full lighthearted like Deadpool. He is supposed to be opposite of Deadpool. Even though his comedy was there... um. He's supposed to be a serious, gritty, dark type character. There's a character that's been through a lot in his personal lifestyle. You know, typically with a lot of time travelers and they have an agenda to do, you could look at Trunks from Dragon Ball Z, look at Silver from Sonic the Hedgehog, look at, um, uh, fuck it off the top of my head, Black Goku. 
These are all every time traveler that that comes back from the future into the past has some kind of serious thing that we can empathize with, that we as an audience can empathize with in terms of what is it that they're doing, why are they doing it, what gets us to sympathize or to connect with that character, you know? So with Cable not being too lighthearted, I kind of get that, especially since... You know, it's the first time we've actually seen Cable. Um, now I really want to uh, read more comics about him. You know, uh, him carrying the Fanny Pack around was was awesome. Uh, him <laughs> at the ending when Deadpool gives him a hug <laughs> and Cable takes a knife and stabs him in the dick. There's something about someone getting stabbed in the dick. Oh my god, it's so horrible. But the fact that it's Deadpool is freaking hilarious. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Zazie beats as Domino. Domino? Badass. The good luck factor definitely played into her character. Because she was doing stuff that normally other people would be like, Yeah, fuck that. Um, that's gonna, I'll probably be dead if I do that. And, you know what? If I ever meet Zazie Beats, go to the casino. If, if you're friends with Zazie Beats, go to the casino. You know, we're going Sizzler. we going Sizzler. We are going Sizzler. Like, bring Zazie Beats with you as Domino. Maybe you can win a million dollars. Maybe. Just, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Have Domino with you. You could be a rich man or a rich woman, whoever's listening. You know, I'm I'm just saying. Uh, Domino was awesome as a fighter, even though I really wanted her to fight a bit more. Um, but I can understand with a movie jumbling so many characters. Um, there's only so much that you can do with with what you're with what you're given, especially with the kind of budget that you are getting. By the way, side note, the fact that Deadpool 2 had a bigger budget than Deadpool 1, which is why they were able to do a lot more. Awesome, top notch. Um, I said this before and I will say it again. And I had some asshole on Instagram says, well, nobody cares about your opinion. Yeah, fuck off. It's my podcast. I do whatever I want. I don't like Domino's hairstyle. Now, let me be clear. I'm not being sexist, I'm not being racist, I'm not hating on on Afros on women. I'm just saying, as the guy that read comic books for a while now, probably for a a long time, a few years, give or take, we're always used to Domino having straight, short hair. Who she is, it's her trade, not really her trademark thing, but... You can see it in, you can find it in games, you can find it in comics, you can find it in that X-Men Evolution TV show they had a while back. You can find it in any other type of media. If Zazie Beats would have cut her hair or at least made it a lot shorter, 
then it would closely resemble to the one in the comics. I understand, I completely understand, that when it comes to the MCU, or when it comes to films, or when it comes to comic book films, how a lot of characters do not portray exactly as who they were in the actual comic books. Look at Scarlet Witch, for example. Look at Hawkeye, for example. You know, Hawkeye was supposed to wear the gigantic purple mask suit type thing. Um, Scarlet Witch, the entire red getup. Um, Green Arrow, he's supposed to have his goatee. Where the hell was his goatee? You know, from season one, he was supposed to have a goatee because that's who Green Arrow is. It's his trademark thing. It's his image. I'm just saying, if some of these characters would resemble a little bit more than the comic books, I would totally be all for it. Domino was awesome. I loved her fighting style. I loved her character. I just didn't like her Afro style. That's that's all I'm saying. Call me whatever you want. Call me ignorant. Call me different. Whatever. I just, personally, I just didn't like it. Um... If they're going to do a Deadpool 3 movie, which I've been getting, there are some rumors that there are, some rumors that they're not. I really don't have enough to go on to confirm that. If they're going to do an X-Force movie, obviously she's going to come back. I'm going to be, I'm sure by then I'm going to get over it. I'm just saying I don't like the Afro look on Domino. That's all I got to say. Um, What else did I like about the film? The movie, as a general, it had elements of different films collaborated into one. It had it had it had elements of Terminator One, Terminator Two, Judgment Day, and Logan. And those were the top three that I can name off the top of my head. I'm sure they had a lot more to it. With Terminator One, if you remember, if you remember, the fuck's the member? You remember You remember? You remember? The member berries, South Park. I mean, if you remember from Terminator 1, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator came back in time to kill off Sarah Connor so that way she won't reproduce for John Connor, which, by the way, uh, also, Deadpool calling (laughs) Cable John Connor. (laughs) Fucking hilarious. Uh, And they were aware that they were recycling the Terminator 2 storyline because the whole traveling back in time thing it's been done before we've seen it they're just rehashing it and remodeling it for their for their movie and the fact that they actually made that call where he made a Josh um Josh Connor joke pretty much they uh, the creators and the producers were very well aware of what they were doing anyway getting back to my point so terminator 1 came back Kill off Sarah Connor. He won't, uh, so that way she won't give birth to John Connor, right? Cable did the same thing, coming back to kill off a kid, so that way he won't do evil things that will get his family in danger, right? Halfway in the middle of the second act of Deadpool two, we see Cable changing his mind when he came to uh, Deadpool and the others for help. You know. It's like, dude, this is what happens. This is what happens in my time. I need your help, right? Now, picture Terminator 2. Guy comes back. 
in time. And all of a sudden, he's helping the main protagonist. He's helping Sarah Connor. He's happening. Uh, he's helping uh, young John Connor, right? So it was brilliant for Deadpool two to incorporate both Terminator one and Terminator two into the movies and have um, Cable be the main antagonist for the first half. And then be an anti-hero for the second half of the film. And I thought that was done really, really well. Because as I said, when you see this character, you see how much of a badass he is. You kind of understand why he's doing what he's doing. And you connect to him on an emotional level. So I thought that was done really, really well. With Logan, I thought they combined Logan literally in the, in the very beginning of the movie and at the end. Because if you remember, Deadpool saying... Oh, it's bullshit. Wolverine is dead. How could he do that? He took my spotlight or something along those lines. Remember, I saw the movie once. Sue me. Um, and then at the end, like Deadpool, he wants to die. He wants to be with his beloved Vanessa, which I thought was bullshit that they killed her off literally in the first act of the movie. I thought it was bullshit that they did that. It's fucked up. And it scratches away with what they were doing with the first film. Whew. Alright, let me get that rant out of the way. He wants to be with his love, Vanessa. So, Logan. Same thing. He wants to die. He's lived for so long. He's dying. He's in pain. Deadpool, when his powers were disrupted. In pain, he wants to die. He wants to be with his beloved Vanessa. Um, so the fact that the ending or towards the ending of the third act where Deadpool was like, damn, it's really hard to go. And and he's like giving like little montages to each person, to each of the survivors, like, you know, Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Colossus and, you know, Cable or which or Domin and Domino and, and whoever, even the kid himself. I thought that was done really, really well. Um, by the way, side note, I thought it was a great Easter egg that uh, Deadpool's costume actually became gray. Like, they, he was covered in suit or he was burned and his costume uh, went from red to gray. Which I'm sure was done from a color correction in pre-production. Because for those diehard fans that, know, that knows, in the X-Force comics... Deadpool's costume was completely gray with red eyes or white eyes, whichever. Uh, he had a gray costume as well. So I thought that was an awesome Easter egg. I instantly noticed that right off the bat when they did that. I'm like, oh shit, it's the gray costume. That's pretty cool. Um, so by incorporating those three elements uh, with T1, T2, Logan, and a few others, that's just what I know of. Uh, it just made me enjoy it very, very well. Um, what else did I love? The X-Men cameo. Oh my god. You see the X-Men cameo, even if it's for a couple of seconds, and I thought to myself, I'm like, wait, is, is that? Holy shit, oh my god, it is! It is! Because you see Professor X, you know, uh, <laughs> James McAvoy, it's... You just see him sitting down, looking at the camera, and you see Quicksilver, and you see, you know, the Beast, and oh my god, it, it was so awesome to see them. 
even though it was it was a brief it was like a couple of seconds and you saw it and you're like holy shit brilliant Mwah. i don't know how much you uh, uh the studios or, or or the directors or whoever paid them but i'm so glad they were in there but let's get to what we really really loved about the movie the post credit scenes absolutely fucking brilliant probably the best post credit cam uh post credit scenes that i've seen ever after the after they save the kid they get him to change his ways deadpool goes to Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Yukio. I, I, I really want to, just as I know, I really want to say Yu-Gi-Oh, but I know it's Yukio or Yukio. Yukio? I'm, I'm just calling it Yukio because it sounds very close to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do that. Comes to them and he's like, okay, just shut the hell up and fix it. And then he goes back in time, saves Vanessa, goes back in time again. And they got the footage. They literally got the footage from X-Men Origins where where Wolverine is facing that bullshit Deadpool. The, the, where they, they, I'm sure you guys remember when they closed his mouth and they killed him. And he's like, hi, uh, just, just, you know, uh, fixing shit. Time traveling, yeah, and then he kills him. He killed him with ease. I was very surprised that he killed him with ease. And obviously, it's come on, it's it's footage. Like it's, you know, Hugh Jackman wasn't really in it. I mean, they took the footage from the movie, which I can imagine was extremely hard to do for the directors and for Ryan Reynolds to even acquire. I'm sure it was extremely hard to even get approved of that footage. Um, because I'm sure they had to go through so many leaps and bounds to get that. Uh, he went back in time again, and then Ryan Reynolds, you see him, he gets the Green Lantern script, and then he shoots them in the head. He shoots himself in the head. And then the diehard fans will be like, but wait, if he goes back and he saves Vanessa, then that means the entire thing would probably would have never happened, and then Deadpool 2 would never have happened. Listen, we all know shit, shat, shot. Nothing can ever be explained with time travel. I'm sure there's possible explanations to it. Maybe he did re uh, retract through time where none of it really happened. Uh, maybe he went through a different... Uh, time paradox. Um, maybe it was a different timeline. I don't know. Like I'm, put it this way, he did it. Best post credit scene ever. Fucking loved it, and I can't wait to see it again this Friday. Now, that's all the stuff that I did like. Let's talk about the stuff that I didn't like about the film. I thought the first act was a little too slow. I thought it was bullshit that they killed off Vanessa, which kind of contradict everything of what went on, the motivation that went on with the first movie. I thought that he was a little bit too open. Uh, well, scratch that. Let me rephrase. 
A couple of people have asked me and told me that they didn't like how Deadpool did a complete 180 from not joining the Ave the Avengers. Wow. From not joining the X-Men in the first movie and then all of a sudden wanting to form a group with the X-Force and joining Colossus with the X-Men in this movie where he did a complete 180. That to me, I'll give a small pass over. Uh, I'll, I'll give a small pass with this and here's the reason why. In the beginning of the movie, Vanessa and Wade, Wade Wilson, Deadpool, wanted to make a family. That was their main motivation. Then when Vanessa got killed, he felt empty. He felt hollow. And he thought that if he would form some kind of family, it could may, it, it may connect with him to Vanessa on an emotional level. So I can kind of understand why he would do that. Not to mention, and let's face facts here, it was probably a prelude to introduce the X-Force where they can do an X-Force movie in the future, which they most likely will. They most likely will make an X-Force movie possibly in a couple of years from now. Most likely in a couple of years. And if you truly think about it, with him and the whole time-traveling thing... Which there was a scene where literally everyone from the X from the first X Force, everyone except for Domino, where everyone died. Now that he retracted through time, he can possibly get a couple of characters back. Maybe Peter, you know, the guy with the mustache that doesn't have any powers, who, according to Ryan Reynolds, was like the core of the group. Possibly an inside joke, and I still don't get it to this day. Uh. Anyway, back to what I was saying. The first act was a little slow. I thought that the action was okay when he was being an actual mercenary, like an actual paid mercenary and killing off, you know, these Asians or whoever they were, like the mob, the mob cartel. Um, I thought that it took a while for the point to get across. Um, so that was like just a, like a little nitpicky thing. Um, the kid Julian that's played by Julian Dennison, the one who plays, uh, Fire, I was about to say Firefly, Fire Fist, um, his character didn't really annoy me, um, I really don't have an opinion on him that much, I kind of understood as to why he was feeling the way he was feeling, especially when he has so much anger and resentment towards the people that tortured him, I kind of want to see the torture just a little bit more depicted if this if this is obviously this is a rated R Deadpool film. I want to see the torture maybe showed a little bit more in the movie. Um I don't know if that idea was pitched and the studios were like, "Yeah, that's a little bit too much. We're not going to do that." Um because this is a comedy film. This is a comedy movie and too much of a taboo subject probably would turn a lot of viewers away you know i mean they did that enough with logan i'm sure you how much would we really want to see that with deadpool i'm just saying that maybe they should have increased the torture aspect uh 
the showing, not telling, where we can actually see him being tortured a bit more than just a few shocks to, you know, the neck. But that's that's all I'm saying. Him as a character, he was all right. That's that's all I can say. He 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 was okay. They didn't show enough of Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I was very disappointed about that. Um, Yukio, which is her girlfriend, um, or they're dating in some way. Um, I really don't know who she was. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, she had some kind of electrical chain. It, it, it was really hard for me to figure out who she was. Like, I loved her character where she's like, Hi, Wade. And Wade goes, Hi, Yukio. And he just walks away. Because, you know, when, when you meet... A, I'm not being racist, obviously. But when you go to Japan or you go to China or, or whichever, you know, people are kind there, you know? And when you say hi and it's like it's like adorable, it's like a Neko thing, even though Neko means cats. It, it's an adorable thing. You know, you say hi to another, you know, race and they say hi back and you're like, oh my god, you're so cute. And you just walk away. It, 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 was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty good. But I really didn't know who she was. And the fact that they showed less of Negasonic, like, I really wanted more of her. Like, I wanted more of them. Um... Let's see. The X-Force angle, it was clear that they were doing that to set up a future film. Because the first characters that the trailer was portraying as, and then they just killed them off literally a few moments later after re after introducing them. I kind of felt like that was a little weak. Even though the true X-Force, let's face it, the true team of X-Force is... Deadpool, Domino, Cable, and a few others. There really is nobody else. Um, I kind of thought that the X-Force angle should have been done a little bit more. Or they could have done that literally towards the end. And just taken the whole thing out from the middle of the movie. I think my mind will change after I see the movie again. But that's, but that's just me. Uh, another thing that I didn't like, no Stanley cameo. A lot of you didn't know this. If you if you saw the film already and are listening to this now, a lot of you don't know this. There was no Stanley cameo. There was a Stanley cameo for the trailer last year. I don't know why he wasn't in the film. I don't know if it has anything to do with the lawsuit that I'm gonna. Probably touch base more on maybe next episode. Um, I don't know if you know they tried to do it and someone in the higher ups said no. Um, there was no Stanley cameo. I was very, very, very disappointed about that. I was very disappointed. Um, but those are just little nitpicky things, you know, that, that's just like a, a nitpicky thing. Um, Love the action, love the comedy, the bromance between Colossus and Deadpool was funny as hell. Um, especially when, because Deadpool, he is bisexual. Like, there's there's another term for it, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds has already said it, but he, he, he is bisexual. Like, he loves both men and women. It's why the in the comics, the bromance between him, uh, him and Spider-Man, it works. It works really, really well. You know, uh, I think I remember 
seeing a picture where he's like, uh, Spidey, just let you know. Uh, I'm sorry, l l let me try to do my Deadpool thing. Hey, Spidey, just let you know, when the ball drops, I'm going to kiss you. I'm definitely going to kiss you indeed. And Spider-Man can go, yeah, don't do that. Just, j j just don't, just don't. Ah, poor Spider-Man. I still think to what happened with Infinity War. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that's about it, really. Um, but to get back to my question from the from the beginning, is well, ladies and gentlemen, I have to apologize because I ran out of time after my first segment is done. <laughs> Oh man, I completely forgot that on Anchor, apparently one segment in its entirety is literally 60 minutes long, and then I just got cut off right off the bat. So, I'm definitely going to have to watch out for that, but, you know, as we go on, still learning, still growing, you know, these, these are good mistakes to kind of have, so that way when I actually do get my computer and I actually do get my video camera, because we're going to go sizzle, and this will be on video, not this episode in particular, but this podcast will be on video very, very soon. These are good mistakes to actually learn, and now that I'm fully aware of it, um, I can feel free to say that it's okay to have, and it just pretty much means that I can just add as many segments as I want. But to finish my point from before, is Deadpool 2 better than Deadpool 1? I will say this. Deadpool 2 is great in its comedy. It's great in its action. With Deadpool 1, it had a linear story and it was groundbreaking. So... It's probably the reason why... Oh, yeah. And Deadpool 2 had a bigger budget, which Deadpool 1 did not have. Deadpool 1 was very restricted in terms of what it can work with. So, at the end of the day, it's really up to you. It's really up to you in terms of what you favor more because there really is no right answer. It's all subjective at the end of the day. Um... I am going to give the slight nod to basically if you were to ask me would I rather see Deadpool 1 or would I rather see Deadpool 2 would like which one would I see more than the other I would have to see I would have to say Deadpool 2 more than 1 because bigger budget, bigger cast, awesome characters, the comedy was on point and I kind of felt like they I kind of felt like with the first one, I wanted them to do just a bit more. And Deadpool definitely exceeded my expectations with the stuff that I mentioned before. Now, with this being a two-parter and me making my point in terms of the review on Deadpool, <laughs> it's safe to say that we've run out of time. Uh, thank you all so much for listening in to the episode 9 of OTC Outside the Comics podcast. Uh, before we go, it's this week's superhero quote of the week. Last week we did a supervillain quote, so we're going to do a superhero quote. For those of you who may or may not know, Michael Keaton 
was at a university uh, award ceremony. I don't know if he was receiving an award. I don't know if he was there as an alumni. I don't know. I really don't know the details. But he goes that there are two words that I want to say to all of you, two words that I want you to remember. These two words are, I'm Batman. And all I have to say to you, Mr. Keaton, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Once again, uh, thank you all so much for listening in. Boom. Boom. If for all of you guys that want to ask any questions, if you have any concerns, if you have any feedback that you want to give me, please let me know. Uh, Let me know in terms of what I can do better, what I can take out, what I can keep in. Uh, You can message me at the MG Magnum on Twitter or you can message me at MG Magnum 715 on Instagram. Uh, Stuff always happens, news always breaks, more news to come up every week. Oh, before we end, I will say this. I did give it some thought while I was recording this, and the podcast will come out once a week. It'll be 45 minutes to an hour long, Uh, possibly a little bit more if I go over the time limit. Uh... It's better for me to gather as many notes as I can, and it's better, it's better for me to organize my segments just a bit more. Uh, still learning, still growing. As for right now, I am done. I am through. Peace out.